0: Welcome to Junk Miles, a Chip and Jeff episode. Who gives a crap? Numbers don't matter anymore. I am your host, Jeff Lyons, wishing you all a happy new year. We hope this show will bring you some positivity in the new year. I know we're pretty positive, right, Chip? I like to be neutral. Neutral?
1: Yeah, I'm going to stay pretty
0: neutral this year. Chaotic neutral, neutral good. Uh, The neutral dance, just like the the Pointer Sisters. Pointer Sisters, (laughs) Was that their follow-up to Neutron Dance? Yeah.
1: Yeah, the the Neutral Dance was their follow-up, and it was just sort of them swaying (laughs) back and forth. By the way, I never knew until I was an adult, and by adult I mean in the last few years, that they sang the song. I don't know if it's called Automatic. Is it called the one? Do you know the Automatic? It sounds like a guy. I always thought it was a dude who sang that song, and it's – it's Winter the Pointer sister. Sisters with the, with nice, I don't know if we would call it a contralto or an alto, Ooh. low alto singing, but a great song, a staple of the eighties that I, that I loved. Uh, but I just never know who, who did it. I just thought it was like some guy. Yeah, I think it's called automatic. Yeah. We're going to look that up. Yeah. Chip, are you excited for our guests this week? I am. I am. I am. As I took a nice swig of uh tea. I waited tea. for you to take a swig. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> uh,
0: Yes, um I, should we introduce our guest now? Do we have any business to take care of or are yeah, we going to just right get in? right into it? We got we got a lot of fun ahead of us and uh, why not why not get right into it? And Can I like we officially to say- read
2: out the minutes from last podcast before you introduce interest- <laughs> uh, before you introduce me. Right. And then we have, then have to do new business for the board first. Ratify the <laughs> right
0: rat- ratify those minutes and, and welcome the sure- new
2: members. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Do the pledge of
1: allegiance.
0: Well, um we, uh, the the junk miles podcast is very pleased to welcome teacher drummer extra astronomer planetarium guy i don't know i say planetarium guy but i'm sure there's a, a more official title th- than that adam chantry thanks for joining us buddy well thank you uh very much for having me there's there's
2: you you can call you, the, i guess the 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 journal that we put out uh monthly or yearly is called the planetarian so if it, you know if you're looking for the correct the, the correct terminology there, I guess I would be a, a planetarian.
0: Now, Adam, I have to tell you, people who grew up in my year, I'm a little bit older than you two brothers. Uh, in New Jersey, when we hear the word planetarium, we get a happy sensation because we, we grew up close to New York and all we thought about was like Hayden planetarium and the planetariums where you could get stoned. Go listen to Pink Floyd for an hour and a half while the planetarium played classic rock. Like that is what planetarium means to us. Was that something when you guys grew up? Was that part of like what the word meant to you or is it totally different?
2: Um, uh, I mean, it was a little different. So so we both grew up in, in the school district that I teach in now and, and went to our planetarium. And um our planetarium, it was in our school. So it right. was something that you got to do in school, right? You know, at least in the elementary school, like once a year, a couple times a year, you get to go to the planetarium. Then as we get older. I don't, remember, I don't know for you, Chip, but I, I remember definitely when I was in high school, we would go down to the Fells Planetarium at right. um, the Franklin Institute and also see the laser light shows and, you know, play out the rocking music. and
1: Right. Know, like, like, I remember seeing, uh, like, Laser Smashing Pumpkins. It was, oh, like, wow. Laser Grunge. That was one that I, I, I
3: <laughs> laser
1: that was one I went to see. It was, like, you know, Smashing Pumpkins, Alice in Chains, Nirvana, or whatever. And, you
0: know, they kind of probably ran out of grunge bands because they didn't know enough. So they oh, would sure. just throw in like some band that was not really grunge but close enough. Right. Yeah. And here's the Gin Blossoms. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like, here's Alanis Morissette, kind of grunge, maybe. Yeah. We they, just like her music.
2: All part of that that same uh that same genre. And yeah. So yeah, I, I distinctly remember the the falling leaves of uh Laser Zeppelin and things oh, yeah. like that. And was one of the things that I sought to bring back when when I took over my my job as as the in the planetarium was to bring back laser light shows because it, it basically combined all of the things that you know I love about life and mm-hmm. it's it, it's a lot of fun. And I
1: have to say before, before we jump in, I went to a few of the ones that he did, yeah, the, the laser light shows. I've been to the other shows, but he takes it to another level where you know so how it's sort of that rinky dink laser light experience that you've seen yet that you probably saw yeah. where it's like, you know, it looks like the two movers from the dire straits video yeah. sort of, you know, not even as yeah. good as that just walking around. Well, they have that. And that's what Adam brought to it. Cause he, he, I guess you, you rent a system that shoots that up, but he got bored with it and decided to start also throwing up the actual heavenly bodies up there of like the planets and the stars so it just made it even crazier, and when
2: I saw, like, Laser Floyd a year or two ago, it was just, it was nuts, it was great.
3: Fantastic.
2: Yeah, it's, it's one of the things I, I really enjoy, my, uh, you know, I, I very much take pride in my uh, Laser Dark Side of the Moon, um, one of my just favorite albums of, of all times, hands down, before that, and then, you know, the Laser Show and doing that, and that was actually a recommendation for my my mentor when I took over the planetarium, I was like, oh, I think I'm gonna do this, he's like, oh, yeah, we do those, because, Probably Jeff, what you're used to, you remember from like school in the planetarium, those were what we called optical mechanical planetariums, where it was right. just like a big ball in the middle that had light shooting out of it and it was stars. But now we have full digital prode- projection. So it's 360 degree digital projection. So it's not just like, oh, here's, you know, lights moving across the sky and we can throw some slides up there. It, it's like a full TV screen up there. So yeah, the laser light shows, you can play the music, you can have lasers going, and then have images
0: and space flying around. And you're, you're below with your drum set drumming along, right? Just to give this the experience a little more oomph. Oh, definitely. I, being I like, the I, stars are great, but I, I'm kind of a star too. And then you're doing like <laughs> 20 minute drum solo from uh, let's say he,
1: one of the- He actually albums. hooks it up to a rig on the ceiling just like Tommy Lee in, in <laughs> the, three, the 360 rotating revolving drum set.
0: Now I love drums. But drum solos, like I can't remember a concert I was at where I actually enjoyed a drum solo or more than three minutes in, I wasn't looking at my watch. And I've seen Rush three times and I loved, God rest his soul, Neil Peart. But drum solos, a little much. Chip, your thoughts? Uh, The big drum solos that I remember
1: were always on the song Thorn of My Pride when we would go see the Black Crows, which we've seen, Adam and I've seen the Black Crows probably nine times, 10 times. And that was That was always a, for me, I feel like a bathroom break situation where it like, it was great <laughs> for a little while. And then it's like, okay, let me go out to the other room. I'm sure for Adam, it's a different experience since Adam he is
2: drummer. a drummer. Yeah, and, and I always like to think as a musician, I was very audience conscious. I yeah. I particularly did not like taking drum solos a, because that's not really my, you know, it's, it's kind of like any other thing. Like people have their, their different areas of expertise and mine definitely wasn't in kind of that flashy. Um, I'm, I'm going to play something all on my own. I'm better in a supporting role
0: than you're a, a lead track. role. You're, 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 yeah. you're steady. You're the metronome, the click track they need you to be. You're not yeah. a flashy. You're not looking for uh you're not Keith Moon there. You're not playing lead on drums. You're doing yeah. your actual job.
1: By the way, Jeff, please don't call my brother a click track. Is that a, like I don't? Is that a derogatory term? I don't know. No. I, okay. I didn't. I didn't no, know. no, no. That's I don't understand. I don't understand music. Chip. I just I thought that was some sort of like slur that you were using, some sort of off off the off color racial I, I may, kind of I thing. I may be and,
0: speaking out of out of turn here, but if your your band's in the studio, right, and you don't need a click track for your drummer to play it in, that's pretty good. Drummers have been fired, Chip. For God's sakes, Chip. Do you, are yeah. you familiar with the band Chicago? I know the city their drummer and the band. respired During the recording of their ninth album because what was he that called? Used to be a lead drummer and he couldn't play a steady beat for the rest of the band to play along to. Really? So got kicked out of it.
1: By the t- uh, let me guess, uh, he got fired by the top brass <laughs>
2: <laughs> because he had Chicago, Jeff.
1: yeah.
0: yeah of
3: course.
0: Now that that
2: wasn't that wasn't Danny Serafin, right? That was it the, was Danny Serafin. Oh, was Danny Serafin, because he still tours and, and plays down um oh he he shows up down at yeah it used used to be brownies 23 east but but yeah he's um, an
0: amazing he's an amazing drummer he has a jazz background but he's always like keith moon he always kind of played a lead with like the thing about keith moon he played along to roger singing like if you listen to a lot of their greatest songs and you isolate the drums and the vocals at the same time they're just going along the same thing and John and Pete are just like, Jesus, you know, yeah. we would, Pete always says, I would just love for a guy to be able to keep time, but we may do. Yeah.
2: And it, cause it's that perfect. And I mean, for some situations that works between the drums and the vocal to this back and forth, you know, yeah. I say this, and then you fill in that space. Then yeah. I say this, then you fill in that space. And it was a Keith Moon was, you know, a master of that. Yeah. And I mean, there are YouTube videos where you can go and, and listen to that and it's it's all different skills that that people had like we were saying with the uh drum solos like i enjoy listening to a really good drum solo but i know i enjoy it because i'm i'm listening to it from with ears that kind of know what's going yeah, on right there's, right there's little tricks and things like oh i heard him do that like yeah that's really cool whereas a normal person would just be like okay yeah yeah, you know, he's hitting things I, I get it let's move on and, and
0: every <laughs> now and then i will go and just put in grateful dead space jam just just see that's that's taxing that mm. is like one of the two guys like literally sometimes just experimenting with things that are not drums and you know it's solely for the reason the other guys just to go do some more pot do some more coke for 20 minutes take a breather and then come back out and the two drummers are like all right we're done yeah 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 we're we're, we're, we're done with that and
2: and there are ones who can make it very interesting but oh it, sure it's,
0: yeah. it's very very
2: rare and especially the ones um if you listen to some of the old jazz guys now they didn't used to do the 10-minute drum solos the 20-minute drum solos it was you know much shorter down to a minute two minutes and oh, they like gene
0: krupa and
2: buddy rich and yep. they, they could say a lot in a yeah. short amount of time and keep it very interesting and
0: you know kind of move on it's like okay see what you yeah. see what you have that's interesting next topic let's go <laughs> Adam, I thought about you recently over Christmas with the Christmas star. Now, Chip, do you know what a Christmas star is or was? Uh, It's the one that you put on top of the tree, I believe. Very good. That is 100% correct. Um, And also, there's another Christmas star. Adam, what was the Christmas star that happened on December 21st?
2: So on December 21st, what they were calling the Christmas star was in astronomy, what we call a conjunction. So a conjunction is when two things in the sky, two, two natural bodies, the moon and a star, or a planet and a star, or in this case, two planets, appear very close to each other in the sky. And it was the planets of Jupiter and Saturn. So there's five planets that you can see with your naked eye in the sky. You have uh, Mercury, just kind of difficult to see, but y- you can still see it if you know where to look at it. You have Mars, Jupiter saturn and venus and jupiter and saturn are probably number two and three in the brightest planets that you can see so the fact that they were close together you know it made for a spectacle in the sky
0: now was it what the spectacle in the sky
1: is the name of our uh jazz trio that we're gonna be starting spectacle in the sky
2: spectacle in the sky
0: was it so and then as good as you thought it would be
2: it, it was for for me personally I, I did a, a couple of live streams of it and things like that I only actually got to see it through my telescope the the night after for about 90 seconds before the clouds rolled in yes um, and it was really impressive for me because to see Jupiter in a telescope is amazing because you, you, you can see a lot of detail you can see that what are called the equatorial bands what we call, we call like stripes on it it's a stripy planet and some of its moons. And then, of course, Saturn with its rings, every person who has ever seen Saturn through a telescope can tell you exactly the, where they were, what they saw. You know, It's one of those things that just changes you. It's just like, oh my God, like, I saw that. And the really neat thing with, with this was you could see those two planets together at the same time in a telescope. Like You could look through the eyepiece and there was Jupiter and Saturn appearing right next to each other. Now, they were still 400 million miles away from each other. It's just
0: kind of an optical illusion on how they happen to okay. line up. Is there another celestial event coming up in the next year that we can get excited for?
2: Um, what can you get excited for this year? We, we will have a, I'm trying to think I, I was actually just putting together one of my, uh, my videos for uh, the, the next coming month. And I was, I was thinking of that. A, a lot of what I'm really excited about right now um, is, not necessarily the things you can see in the sky, but other space related stuff like um, February 18th, we're, we're landing another rover on Mars. That's going to be really exciting to to watch that. So it launched back um, in the middle of last year, uh, I believe it's May of, of last year, and it takes about seven months to, to make that journey out there. So it will be landing on February 18th.
0: What um, happened to the other, the, the Mars rover that's up there? Is that still hanging it's, out?
2: It's still up there. And this one, if you looked at it, if you saw a picture of it, it looks almost exactly the same. It just has a different set of instruments on it. And it's going to a different part of Mars to kind of look for different things. So each one of the, back in the seventies, when they first, when they sent some of the first landers there, they wanted to know is there life on Mars. And they had a couple of like simple experiments and, Back in the 70s, it kind of came back, their their experiment, the way they had set it up showed like, oh yeah, there has to be life on Mars, we've kind of proven it. And then as we learned more about the planet, we sent more like landing craft there and everything, we're like, oh, well no, there's actually like five different explanations for why we got the readings from those sensors that we did. It probably wasn't life, it was probably just, you know, a a geology happening or, or things like that. Um, so we've been taking a much more steady approach so the first thing was to try to prove that um, as best we could that at one point there was water on mars in Mm -hmm. the past and from all the data we took from from some of our rotors uh, rovers you know we saw rounded rocks and things that we think could only really be formed from moving water kind of rounding off the edges of these rocks and things so we're we're very very very, very, very certain that there was water on Mars at some point. Then the last rover was looking for the right kind of chemistry. Are there what we call organics there, the, the things that make up life? Like, are there the right chemicals there? And that found that it was. The purpose of this one, we're, we're landing in what um, we believe is an ancient river delta. When you see the pictures of it from above, y- you can see it looks like the Mississippi Delta or things like that. Where water was flowing down and then it would kind of fan out, and this rover will be able to drill into that sediment and possibly find ancient fossilized life. Ooh. so Jeff,
0: what would you like what would you be the happiest with the rover finding on Mars? like
1: like an old video store? yeah, do you know what I mean? like like one mm-hmm. that's like not really operational anymore, or like maybe like a pl- like a rock that definitely used to be a pizza hut
0: yes. And everybody kind of knows it used to be a Pizza Hut, even right. though you're like, to it's, be like, oh, this is a diner, really? Yeah, yeah. No, it's a pizza. Hut. It's an MRI yeah. center now, but we right. kind of know. Really, that's your works.
2: yoga studio? No, no. Yep. We, no. We know what the shape of that building was.
0: <laughs> are there any other buildings besides Pizza Hut buildings that are so iconic in their structure? In that-
1: In Philadelphia, there's Wawa's.
0: Like, you have
1: a to be a
2: Wawa. Yeah. Before Wawa's were super gas station things. Yeah. Yeah. They're very
0: distinctive. In my hometown of Belmar, there's a, uh, for a good eight years, it was around until I think Wawa got wind of it. It was an old Wawa building and it was called Ha Ha. Nice. Ha Ha. And it was just a very poorly drawn jester. Okay. So the Ha Ha and Wawa. And, you know, it was, it was probably, um. I, we never went in there. It was just one of those things. Like, no, no one, no one goes into Haha. There's no. a Seven Eleven that even took precedence over going into the Haha. <laughs> I, I, I don't give blame them you. credit for for trying. Oh yeah, absolutely.
2: We also had around here. Um, well, from where I I just I just moved back in the fall, but I, I used to live in like the Collegeville area, uh, Harpoon Louis, because oh, they would yeah. have like the porthole windows, oh. and they would never really like. <laughs> Cover them up. Well, one of them is just to shut down abandoned Harpoon Louise now, but the the other one still kind of has just a little bit. If you look at it with the right eye, it's like, is that a porthole? Is that a porthole? They're probably like,
0: all right, this like the picture, of the real estate agent trying to sell that building and not being like, hey, you don't have to do a lot of reservation re- renovations. You can make this work. Are you guys a pool supply company? That'd be (laughs) great if you were.
1: Because that would really help. I remember Harpoon Louie's, and Adam, you probably remember this, and our parents, like my mom especially, would get people gift certificates there because it was like a, you know, it's a seafood restaurant, so it's relatively nice, whatever. And so for like a birthday or Christmas something like that, you would get the gift certificates. But Adam, do you remember what was so special about the gift certificates? And this is before gift cards. This was gift certificates.
0: Oh, wow. Oh, no, I –
1: I do not. They would give them inside a bottle, like a beer bottle. So it was like a message in a bottle. So they would roll up the, oh, they, they would roll that up the, that. the, and then shove it in the bottle. And so it's sticking out a little bit. So it was like a, like a message in a bottle. And it was like, you know, that's
2: the height of class right there. Now that you say that, I do, I do remember some, some Christmases with, you know, seeing that around. Yeah. A little Harpoon Louis gift card in a bottle. Oh, love it.
0: Now Adam, one of the things that Chip and I are doing and we're really enjoying it is is a new segment on our show that I think people people are really enjoying Chip. I don't know. I think the that. masses have spoken. The yeah. masses have spoken. Um it's a new bit we call That's fantastic. It's, um, it's everyone's favorite new topic. It's where a guest tells us something fantastic they did or they're currently involved with that brings them a lot of joy or that brought them a lot of joy at one point in their lives. Um, Adam, is there something that you consider fantastic in your life? Absolutely. I
2: mean, lots of things. I, I, I have to start off by saying I have a very fantastic life. I mean, just in general, I'm one of those people like I am super appreciative of all i have and all the things that i get to do you seem like you're
0: doing everything you want to do music space great family he's He's an an ice brother he's he's an ice hockey coach
2: oh there you go yep so 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 there's lots going on but but definitely you know one thing that 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 i can say probably the, the experience that probably not a lot of people have had in their life that i got to have um when i was nine years old um I won a contest through the uh, television station Nickelodeon for the Kids Choice Awards my god and as of that I got to take my family I was nine years old um, my my parents one of my cousins my grandmother we all flew out to California got put up in fancy hotels got a limo for the week oh my got god. to go watch the recording of the Kids' Choice Awards saw some awesome performances. Um, and how did yeah. you win?
0: How did you win this contest? How did a young Adam Chantry? What 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 went into it?
1: And first of all, before he gets into that, let me just say that he was the luckiest child <laughs> in the world. Like that's not even a he just won every-, every contest. That, like, if there was a drawing at the mall or there was just like a what I didn't win anything, and he would just by the luck of whatever he would win everything. Do you, I mean, I think Free it was, was at the supermarket, yes, like that was always at him. Do you remember the time there was like that race car at the mall and then you won that thing, but then it turned out to be a scam and we went up to the Poconos and they tried to sell mom and dad the a timeshare? Time <laughs> Do you remember that? Yep, but you yeah, won that and then be, right before the year before you won the kids choice awards was your other big win that I feel like led up to that.
2: Yeah. That was so our our school had a fundraiser every year and we would sell wrapping paper. If you remember the you know you sell wrapping paper before the holidays it was it was a good fundraiser for the school and you know depending on how much wrapping paper you got you had so many entries into a a raffle for a drawing. And this year it happened to be a new bike, and, and I had won the new bike. Oh um, but I had just the year before for Christmas, like that was the the big year, that was like the eight year old um, year. Both of us, I believe, yeah. me and you both Chip, we got like brand new nice bikes. Like, it like, was like dirt
0: bikes, 10 speeds, what are we talking? BMX. Oh, BMX. BMX. This was, BMX, this was all full the way. Rad. rad.
2: You know, we were, yeah. yeah. That was, it was right around, mm-hmm. right around that time when yeah. Rad was out and uh, amazing, you know, so, so we had brand new BMX bikes and, and we actually was, it's something that, that actually stuck with, stuck with me. You know, my parents, when I won it, they kind of sat me down they're like, look, it's great. You won this bike and everything. You have a brand new bike. You literally just got one. They're like, why don't you, you know, we'll find a family that could use oh. a bike and, and donate it. you know I was nine years old and it was it was a good lesson I was like okay yeah I you know I have a bike I don't and we ended up donating it to I I don't even I don't remember what the circumstances was but you know it was kind of one of those life lessons like hey you you know you you have something why, why don't you do something good with this and you know maybe then winning the contest was kind of the universe you know paying karma back and being like yeah look you know being a
0: nice person you, know, so, so you, you just about? like you did something well, and then Karma's like, I know we're giving this kid a lot of stuff, but we're going to keep giving him more. Like, <laughs> you just chip us so at the point where you'd go in your brother's cross, you'd open a door, and it was just prizes like not even used. It was just oh, like, absolutely, just
1: right? f- falling out free t shirts. Just <laughs> yeah, 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 I have and, to be very i'm
0: Just like, oh, yeah, Chip, you can borrow some of my winnings if you want to, <laughs> yeah. if you yeah. want to take the telescope or the, just,
1: uh, just the uh, the 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 marble uh, Dalmatian from Wheel of Fortune.
3: Yes. All right. So
0: so you apply, like, what do you send in a postcard? How do you win this?
2: Yeah, yeah. They literally, they used to, they used to like put all of the advertising on there, you know, just send in a postcard, just send in a postcard, you know, make sure it's postmarked to Walla Walla, Washington or whatever, you know, whatever everything used to be. So I remember bugging, bugging the crap out of my mom like can we send in a postcard can we send it you know, because this was the days like you couldn't like just enter online like oh here, like you had to physically get to work fill out it. a postcard put a stamp on it put it in a mailbox and i guess mom filled out one for each of us maybe? i think th- i believe if i remember correctly two for e-
1: we each had two postcards that we could send and apparently like there were some kids who would send like a hundred yeah, postcards yeah, totally. in. but she got two for each of us i believe so we each sent two in
2: yeah, so we, we oh just like randomly sent them in and, you know, like a nine-year-old by the next day had forgotten about it. Like, yeah. Yeah, okay, whatever, you know, what's you're, on TV? This
0: Right, you're, you're, you're doing bunny hops in the street. You're like going to your friend's ramp, trying to get hurt. Doing some no, windows. Do you, And then no. what do you get, a phone call? Yeah, so
2: we, the, the way I remember it, and, and Chip definitely in the family has the better memory um, out of all of us, I tend to sensationalize things and not remember details. He is definitely the one, so please correct me if if, if you recall this happening a little different. Um, this was actually you actually won uh, the uh,
1: it was a Source Awards sweepstakes, so <laughs> I, I think that's a big. I, I, I was just going with it. I figured we should. I didn't want. I didn't want to roll over that. So go ahead.
2: Yeah. No, so um, we we get home from being out somewhere one night. And if you remember back in those days, you would come home and the family would sit around and listen to see who called on the answering machine. Oh my God. Right? We had the answering machines and, you know, I think Dad even gotten one of those tapes from the, uh, from, from off the television, like where they had like the ridiculous songs, the like, novelty. Nobody's home. Yeah. Nobody's home. Yeah. You
1: know, or, like, novel- or we would try to make them ourselves. And like we try to be really funny, but it was just like two kids with like very high pitched, high voice. Hey, this is the Chantry house. We're at... Bah, bah, bah. And then something funny, and then the timing's terrible, and then there's the beep.
0: Yeah, and then you're like, Dad, we're just trying to do it. Leave us alone. Leave we're comic geniuses.
2: So we get a message on the answering machine, and I I, I remember hearing it, and it was like, Oh, this is a, a call for Adam Chantry from you know, Nickelodeon. I, re- I, I think the names, lady's name was Terry terry
1: yes it was terry it was terry
2: you know and oh you know we we want to talk to you about you know what you want and everything like that and you know i decided and my parents kind of tried to downplay it they're like it's you know it's probably some sort of either scam or maybe you won like a t-shirt or something your parents they, didn't
0: want to buy another timeshare they they had no this. yeah we had plenty were,
1: of
2: timeshares at this point they they were done with it and you know
1: and i think the, that was a big part of it too like we had to. my dad was like this is just a scam like Yeah. You
2: know, just like this is this is this is a scam. We're not calling them back. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, nowadays, I, you know, I think the same way with my kids. I'm like, we're not doing that. Like, that's just they're just trying to get our information. Don't don't give anything out. So, you know, I guess the next day I was in school and I remember my parents came to school. I was in third grade at the time. I remember Mrs. Buck's class and they came to school and they called me out into the hallway Oh no. And told me that they had called the lady back and that I had won the grand prize and was like <laughs> going to get to go to California and like won the grand prize and everything. And it was, it was a whole thing. And kind of looking back, it was kind of a crappy thing to do, like to walk into a school, with a bunch of kids and be like, Hey, all of you didn't win. You, you are all <laughs> losers. This one gets to go. You don't get to go. Oh, if I was um, the teacher,
1: if I was the teacher, I'd be so pissed because it's like, oh, this kid's just going to be off the wall for the rest of the day. Yeah, I,
0: I thought you were going to be like, and then I just strutted back in that room to teach. <laughs> I got something to tell these guys. <laughs> I would, I would imagine your friends did not believe you at first. I, I wouldn't.
2: Yeah, I, I can't remember. I mean, again, I'm not the one with with the, the razor sharp yeah. memory like Chip, but like, I do remember for like the week or two after that, like, remember it, elementary school was kind of like prison. You had to like ch- trade commissary items and things like that. <laughs> like, hey, if you take me to California with you, I'll give you like five erasers in my, you know, my race yeah. car pencil sharpener, like, you know, things like that. Deals like that were, you know, were trying to, to trying to go down. And so, that was the big thing, too, because it was on the commercial that
1: every kid saw over and over again. It was like, you and five friends are coming yeah. to California. So I remember Adam being very, like, hot to trot. Like, I get to pick five friends, and we're going, not thinking that, like, three oh. of the quote-unquote friends are me and mom and dad. So, like, so, oh. so yeah, yeah, so, like, they're like, you and five friends. It's like, whoa, 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 hold the phone. It's not. Like, you can't
2: pick—
0: you're, what if, what if Adam posse. just swung it that it was him, you, and three friends, no right. chaperones. Yeah, just the
2: kids
1: <laughs> on the
0: run. And I mean,
2: this is what I remember that going through my nine-year-old mind. You oh, know? yeah. You have to remember what it's like to be a nine-year-old. Like, oh, yeah, I get to go. Like, we're just going. And like, no, we don't have, like, my parents can't tell me who I can take and everything. And <laughs> you know, looking back on it now, 30 years later, you know, you know thinking from a parent's voice, like, no, I'm not taking random kids across the country. Like, no, this is like this isn't happening. <laughs> How long were you there? It was like a week, you said,
0: or yeah, was, yeah, was, like oh
1: six, God. yeah, five, five days, something like that, five, six days. Yeah. And it was this the yeah. first
0: time the chantries like traveled to California, or like a long trip?
1: It was our first time on a
0: major airline, like yeah. a plane.
1: Yeah, and
2: uh, yeah, so this my first time on a. Oh no, we had gone to Houston before, didn't we? Was that no, we went right? Had...
1: It was funny because we had never been on a big airplane before when I say big airplane our neighbor had like a little like Cessna like one of those things that he didn't own one but he had a a pilot would take us out but like our first time on like a jet was we had never been on one and then we went to California in June and then in July I think of that year was when we went to Houston to my dad's cousin's wedding or whatever but uh but so we did take so there it was decided who was gonna go with us in the in the group so it was, he had, he had five friends, but three were spoken for because that was his brother and his mom and his dad. Chip, and then, was there
0: any time that you think I might not make the cut or did you know right <laughs> away? You were going?
1: Yeah, no, no, there was definitely the chance. And then <laughs> in the back of my mind, it was like, maybe do I get one of the friends then? Can I bring a friend situ- situation? <laughs> yeah, like yeah, I'm right. trying to glom onto that, but it was a side, you can tell them who, who we picked Adam. All right. So yeah, Adam, so then- you were,
0: you were nine and Chip, how old were you? I was 11 or 12. Okay.
2: Yeah, so 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 we're we're in there and I thought, you know, I had my best friend growing up, Zach, who lived down the street. Like I thought for sure that was like a oh this is this is a you know, this is a, a no question, like yep. that's who going. Um but then, you know, my parents, you know, obviously, and looking back, you know, then I, it was a huge deal and it was it was upsetting. But looking back, like, yeah, I wouldn't take responsibility for somebody else's kid no. and like cart them across the and you know, this was before the time of cell phones and all yeah. you know, all of instant communication all the time too. It's like, yeah, I'm not taking somebody else's kid across the country. Like that's just not happening. So um, we took my grandmother um, with us, who you know, who was who is a big part of our lives and lives and lived right, right cross. Uh, right around the block, and then my cousin, who's you know, almost, uh, she's a half year younger than me. Yeah, younger she's like than a year me. younger than you. Yeah, you're you're younger than me. And oh, she and, and must and have been stoked. Them. Yeah, but her little brother was not
0: so much <laughs> stoked. Yeah, I remember that. <laughs> so how I old remember, I mean, you know, so, he? was probably really young, right?
2: Yeah, he was like two years younger than us. So yeah, yeah he'd been like six or seven, and which is funny i i work with him he's another teacher in my building like I, I work with him today and i remember because at that time he had broken his leg so he had like a full leg cast on yeah and i remember him getting really upset when we told my cousin shannon like hey we're gonna take you to california with us and he was like what like
0: yeah, <laughs> she screaming could crying he's like four and, and he's just like
2: freaking out
1: yeah
0: but you know you, you can't have you can't have people in casts on airplanes no? everybody knew that yeah. back then yeah
2: Yeah, so so it was yeah, but that was kind of decided to be the uh, Fellowship of the Ring to to make the jaunt cross country. God, know, So it was me, my parents, my brother, my cousin, uh, which we ended up having you know really good time with, and everything, and my grandmother, which was it was really neat to first class
0: accommodations the whole thing.
2: Oh yeah, we we stayed at the was it Regency, the Registry Hotel, which I don't believe is there
1: anymore in Universal City, and and it, it like looked over Universal Studios. And, uh, I mean, it was this gorgeous hotel suite. I mean, just top of the line. I mean, gigantic. I i don't think I've ever seen anything more luxurious.
0: So, during the show, when you get there, did they tell you, like, did they announce, like, hey, and the winner of the contest is here? Like, did you get any sort of recognition during the event? Oh,
2: we were on the show. Oh, you were yeah, literally yeah, on? Yeah, we got to be on, on the show. So, we were sitting... So like when you watch it, there's the stage and it looks like a, a stadium or, you know, a soundstage filled with kids. And we were in the very front row. And then um, I think it was just Chip and I. I don't think my my cousin and my grandmother were up there. Maybe my cousin was up there.
1: I think because it was just kids. So I think it was Shannon and the two of us.
2: Yeah. And then like the parents were, you know, a number of rows back.
1: In the, they were all the way in the back because they wanted a room. Yeah, they the don't kids. want
0: parents messing up the kid time.
1: But the way that they did it was because it's Nickelodeon. So it's not a stuffy award show is like hip and everything. The two hosts, the co-hosts that year were Will Wheaton from Stand By Me and Nicole Eggert. Oh, wow. Charles in Charge. Mm -hmm. Right. Yes.
0: She was very prominent back then. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: So they were the hosts, and they hosted from the audience. because It was like they were these like benches. So they were in like the third, second or third row. Like surrounded by kids. And we were the kids that were like right in front of them. So like we got to hang out with the two of them for the whole for the whole taping. Like it's like Will Wheaton sitting right next to me or like right in front of me. It was like super, they were super nice and like, you know, kind of palling around with us and everything. So but we were the kids that were right in the front row.
0: Did they tell you, did you have to wear anything specific or you could just wear your normal clothes? Nothing like... No, because I remember I was like, I'm gonna wear the coolest outfit I got. I would imagine. (laughs) And
1: it was just and remember, it's nineteen eighty-nine and I'm eleven. And it was just this like peach colored, I think it was an OP yes suit, like uh, you know, t shirt and matching shorts, like Ocean Pacific. And that was like, I'm
2: gonna look so cool in this. And I believe I I may have had a hyper color shirt on. Remember (laughs) remember hypercolor? Definite possibility. there, there, there was a good possibility that that there was that. So we're sitting in like the front row of the show, but then we also had a security guard with us, which oh, wow. looking back, like I, I didn't, I don't really get, but you know, I guess, cause I remember at one point, like they had, there was like a break in the filming or, or whatever. And I guess my dad had come down to like, check on us. Like, Hey, you guys, okay. You need to go to the bathroom, whatever. And kind of like reached over from a couple rows back and like, grabbed somebody's shoulder like to, to get our attention and the security guard like grabs his arm and like starts yanking on him you know <laughs> it, it, like oh no no he's like he's like those are my kids they're like oh okay just like yeah don't don't like come from behind like <laughs> yeah yeah so um, we were we were like front stage and like chip said we got to be actually on the show then we got to do it was a double dare it was double dare yes so, 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 like
1: adam basically got to do like a the what was that the final obstacle course obstacle kind of situation course. like up on stage yeah
0: oh that's amazing
1: and then it, and it ended with me him throwing a pie at me because you know it's everything's like you know messy and everything up high but I, I i wore this it was like this big do you remember it was like that he-man shield kind of thing where like with just like a bullseye on it and i didn't really get hit with anything but it was uh uh but yeah so we did a we did a segment oh i don't think mark summers was there was he yeah i don't i don't I would have remembered, because we met um, Harvey Holiday. No, not Harvey, not Harvey Holiday, Harvey, uh, he was the,
2: (laughs) Harvey Weinstein, very nice guy. We took a trip to to the the island, too, you know, it was, you know, it was kind of a a double vacation.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he, um, uh, Harvey was the announcer on Double Dare, and for Philly people, he was also Harvey in the morning on WMGK.
0: Okay, yep, yeah, I know exactly. That guy, right, Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: We got to meet him, and that was a big deal. So yeah, I don't think Mark Summers was there, but the, now, but yeah, we guys, did that big stuff. Were
0: you were you nervous at all, or were you just oblivious kids like, yeah, I'll go on stage, I'll do that. Were there any hesitation on like doing anything, or you both were just like, hell yeah, let's do it. Uh, we were we were excited. Yeah, I, at least I was. Yeah, definitely from from watching you know Double Dare
2: all the time. Like it's like you're like yeah yeah I get to do this, and I don't remember any point like that's awesome really being like yeah super nervous or anything, because it, it was a, like, when you were in there, it definitely wasn't a stuffy atmosphere, like, you weren't even thinking, like, you know, if somebody would have been, like, okay, now remember, you know, millions of people are watching you and doing that, <laughs> you know, yeah, probably it would have, like, shut me down, but, like, you were in a room full of kids, everybody was screaming, yeah. There's balloons and everything going on, it was, you know, it was almost like, a you know, a birthday party, you know, kind of thing, like, oh, yeah, I want to do that next, like, go for it. The and- only time I was scared was,
1: and I don't know if you've heard this story, Adam. I've told this story on stage before, and it's, it's the truth the truth. They took us backstage, I think it was before the show or during an intermission or something like that, and there is every d list celebrity in the world's there, so we got to meet a lot of people and it was like it was really cool, like all these like teen actors and you know a bunch of people, and I'll let adam list list them but at one point, and I always wanted to be a stand-up comedian. I was this nervous, nerdy little 12-year-old kid, but I wanted to be a stand-up comedian, but I was really shy. And at one point, they took my brother and I backstage, and they're taking pictures with Adam, promo pictures with all these famous people, and they're walking the two of us around, but I'm just the brother in tow. So they're just like, oh, Chip, I got an idea. Why we take these pictures with Adam, how about you go sit in the green room, in in the we'll give you a dressing room just to like get rid of me for a little while while they're taking him around backstage with all the celebrities. So I was like, sure. So they throw me in a closet (laughs) that is a glorified closet. That's a green room, but it has the mirror. And the. Did I ever tell the story on the podcast before
0: you did. did, And it's great. Keep going.
1: Okay. So uh, with, you know, with the lights and all, and I'm just in this room by myself, like just kind of, and like, are they going to forget about me? And all of a sudden the door whips open and Charles Fleischer walks in, who is the voice of Roger Rabbit and a comedian. And I don't want to say because I, I I don't want to I don't know legally. And I didn't even know what cocaine was back then. But <laughs> he looked coked up. And I knew then I was like, he's coked up. But like, I didn't know. But I knew. But like, and he might not have been, anybody's been weird, but he was sweating and shaking. And he just was like, hey, buddy. And then just makes these crazy, horrific noises in the mirror to do his vocal warm up for like five minutes. And we're like two feet away from each other, and then he just leaves and slams the door shut behind him. And that was the first time I ever met a stand-up comedian.
0: And you're like, that cemented it for you. Like, that is exactly what I want to. That's be. Yeah, that's
1: what I'm going to be. There's my future. That's right the- there.
0: <laughs> what did you win besides the trip? Did you get any like swag? I mean, like shirts and.
2: Okay, right, so 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 just you know to prepare for this, I I do and. You know, this is an actual, this is not like a, a reproduction. This is an official. My mom is like the best at like storing stuff, putting it in
0: boxes, archiving like m-
2: memory stuff. And when we moved into our our newest house, she was like, Here, I have this box of junk. Do you want it? Throw it out if you don't want to. And in there was one of the original um, sweatshirts.
0: Oh uh, my God. That?
2: that is a, you can't do that on television, um, Nickelodeon. Uh, sweatshirt. So, so that is that is like a
0: thirty year old sweatshirt, right there. Yeah, yeah. That, that is was, amazing.
2: That was stored. You know, nobody ever wore it. It was it was stored in a box, like in a, in a drawer somewhere.
0: And I'm just, I'm just guessing thousand dollars on eBay right now, Chip. Easy. There's a ch- there's a good Big chance. Addition, right yeah,
2: yeah. yeah. I had so I have like two. This this was the the large one that I could like still wear because I was like, okay, what am I saving this for? So like I pulled out like. I'm gonna wear it sometimes, just like throw people off, just to see what kind of reaction I can get from it. Oh my god! But there, there are a couple more, and like tons of of t-shirts and and things like that. You know, we had we had all kinds of Nickelodeon t-shirts and all of that. We got so we got the hotel. We got that. I'm sure there was a cash prize,
1: but I think it was like a thousand bucks. But like
3: our father, very.
1: Yes, it was like you're gonna get a thousand dollars spending money. So again, reality versus fantasy. It's like we're gonna have money falling out of our pockets. It's just throwing <laughs> people money, and like our dad, very wisely and but very swiftly, was like, "Oh no, we got to pay taxes and all of this shit." Yep. So yeah. it's it, the you're not gonna see a dime of that, sister. Yeah. You know. Maybe we'll of. go out yeah.
0: to dinner once in L.A. when you're there. Right. Using this money, right? Yeah,
2: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It's not not like a shopping spree. We did have a um, a uh, limo and limo driver for the whole week
1: at our um, really 24 hours a day. You just call him up and he shows up and his name was chip Benny Hill. The name was, his name was
0: Benny Hill. Oh my God. Yeah. I just picture you you two sitting in a hotel room on a down day and your parents are like at the pool and you're just like, yeah, Benny, can you, uh, can you get the car, bring the car around? Right. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to seven Well, he did. Do you remember
1: one of the craziest nights? It was the night before the taping, I think was Friday night. Uh, he knows everybody. Cause he's a limo driver in yeah. LA. So like, he was telling about, he like, I think he drove the, the Beatles maybe at one point. Cause you know, he was a little bit older and it was like the eighties. So 20 years before that um, Hulk Hogan, I remember that was the big one, but he pulled up, he's like, do you guys know what the Hollywood Hollywood bowl is? And we're like, you know, yeah, he, he just pulls up waves at the guard. And he's like, Hey Benny. And just lets him into the Hollywood bowl. There was no show that and it was empty and we got to get up on stage at the Hollywood Bowl and we were like running up and down like the bleachers like in an empty Hollywood Bowl oh, awesome. on, on a beautiful evening, which was like one of the craziest. And then
2: do you remember the story, Adam, about the Chinese oh, theater? Oh, yeah. So we we pull up, you know, we're driving around, you know, L.A. or whatever. and then, And especially like the Hollywood Bowl, like I remember doing that. But I so wish, like as a nine-year-old, That meant nothing to me it was just like oh look it's the stage with seats and everything like not getting the full gravity of like oh i'm standing on stage in the hollywood bowl and i'm running around like this is amazing but so the other thing that he does he's like oh you guys want to have some fun we'll we'll mess with people so we pull up and we're coming down the street i i don't i don't know the layout of la or whatever but but we're coming down the street It's 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 Hollywood Hollywood. Chinese Theater.
1: Yeah, it's Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood.
2: Yeah, 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 Hollywood Boulevard. So we're coming up Hollywood Boulevard. He's like, "Oh, I forgot." He's like, "He's like, let's do this." He's like, "I'm gonna pull up. Just get out of the car. Just open the door. Step out. You know, everybody, look around, and get back in the car."
1: No, 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 he said, "Walk down." He's like, "Then walk. Just get out." He's like, "I will open the door for you. Get out, and then just stand there." And then walk down the block, make a right, and I'll pick you up around the corner.
2: So we pull up. He he walks around, and everything's kind of tinted everything. He pulls up. There is an ocean of people. And all of a sudden, everybody turns around and starts – taking pictures of us it really is like it really was like in the movies like when you see the movie star getting out of the limo and they're like oh over here over and here, benny's over here. just like he's like wave just he's like just yeah. wave just wave like you've been here before yeah so we all get out and like for like 30 seconds everybody's like oh and then it kind of like calms down and you can see everybody kind of like <laughs> who's this and everything and and we walk you know down the street and everything and I, you know, I didn't know it at the time. I, I don't know if mom and dad knew about it or, or if you knew about it. So it was the premiere of Batman. Oh my God. The, the original Mike Michael Keaton, Michael 1989.
1: Keaton. <laughs> yeah, it was premiering at that theater. Like I'm sure Michael Keaton either was or was about to pull up at that theater. And we pulled up on the red carpet that
2: night. Just- you know so somewhere out there are just these pictures of our if,
0: family if you went to like getty uh entertainment archives and you just type in batman premiere mm. and where they just have a thousand photos one will just be and it'll be like stars of the new sitcom the chantries <laughs> <You're> <laughs> like, hey everybody
1: because they don't know like we could be kids yeah. in the movie like i yeah. haven't seen the movie yet and uh it was a big deal, so we were like famous, and then walk down the street and uh, hop back in the the limo. Benny Hill hooked you up. He did.
0: He yeah, definitely.
3: Did. Yeah. Still in good. touch
0: with Benny? Yeah, we hang out all the time. We go to yep. his beach <laughs> house sometimes and just kick back. It'd be funny, Chip. Like next time you go there, like you know, just for like work or something, you just find him. Be like, Hey, Benny, remember me? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Do you remember that one week you 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 drove what us week? around and I was twelve, maybe. he probably be like, Yeah, I do. That is so. Yeah. What what was the most like lasting memory? Was it like seeing some star, or just like being on stage? Was there something that every time you think back to that moment, you're like, "Wow."
2: Uh, for me, it, yeah. it's definitely, and I I remember we we have this picture, and I remember it being taken, and at the time, like, it was awesome, but we were like at the I guess they call it like a rat party afterwards, like where everybody goes and it was it was somewhere beautiful, like in the hills, like
1: it was in Universal Studios, like overlooking yeah. like it was a high point, like a high patio overlooking the rest of Universal Studios.
2: And like all of the like Jeff was saying, like every like D list actor is there. I mean, you know, we were we were meeting all kinds of cool people and even like you know, as like a nine year old, you don't really at least I didn't, like, put together that that difference between characters and and, yeah. and people who played them. It's just kind of like, oh, all of these people are milling around. It's really weird. But um, I want to get his name right. Uh, it's, it's David Faustino, right? From yeah. uh, Married with yeah, Children. Bud from Married Bunch with Children. Yeah. Was there. And, you know, my dad had to have a picture, uh, <laughs> you know, with him and David Faustino. And he's got his hand down my dad has the tan down his front of his own oh, pants, awesome. not 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 David Faustino's pants.
0: No, yeah. that was um, under <laughs> he was doing his best. Yeah, his his best Al Bundy. Al Bundy. Band. I was about to say Ted Bundy, but <laughs> yeah. Al Bundy, close enough. right? Close enough. Yeah,
2: he we went and got tattoos later, and you know. Did the, the whole Ted chip?
0: Who, what was your uh, favorite part? Like, what do you think? That Hitting was about on
2: Nicole point. Eggert. No, like I, you know,
1: I was twelve, and it was. You would th- you would think I think I was just too sort of nervous to talk to her. I was almost more. I was so excited about will Charles Wheaton Fleischer. just be, Charles Fleischer. <laughs> uh, will Wheaton just because he was like, we love the movie Stand By Me. And he was like older, a little couple years older, but not too much older. Yeah. I was like, I could be maybe I could be an actor like this guy. And I was like asking him all about acting. I thought that was great. I met uh and again these are people that nobody knows chris young i remember meeting and i was like oh because he kind of looked like me and i was like maybe i could be an actor he was in the movie the great outdoors he was the older son in the movie the great outdoors and he's been in you know some other little things we met jeremy miller the the younger brother from growing pains and from growing pains um boner
2: not boner not Not boner boner. boner. um
1: (laughs) do you uh i I don't want to give it away do you remember the headlock situation
2: oh yeah yeah we have a picture um of me putting a uh, WWF wrestler Bobby the Brain Keaton. Oh my God! In, in a in a in a headlock. Um, that was definitely a big thing because that was that was definitely during the heyday of the WWF figurines and.
0: Yeah, back then at all those events, there was always at least three or four wrestlers that yeah. were like peaking at that moment, right?
3: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: which added to the the excitement, I would imagine. Oh, and I guess we met him because I think we have his autograph on the
1: Stand By Me picture that we have, like that that casting. But it it is big Michael Jackson phase. Corey, oh, Corey. Feldman was oh, there. No.
0: Oh, was he wearing
1: all the... Not only was he wearing it, he yeah. performed a song in his singing career on stage, like during the... T- so we got to watch it. Oh, and that was another thing, too. The new kids <laughs> on the block were at the height of the oh, peak of their 89? thing. Yeah. They recorded the day before. So it was like they were on the show, but they just shot them. So we didn't actually see them. But we saw Corey Feldman, and we're right there in in front. And Corey Feldman's doing his song. He comes running down the steps to like and like runs through the crowd, sort of singing, and then runs up the steps, trips and face plants. (laughs) And my dad and this is before the internet and everything my dad had one of those big clunky video cameras yes and and of course the spill was cut out of the performance but my dad has it on video of him face planning and I, we couldn't find the videotape it's got to be somewhere but it would we could go viral today
2: tape. if your dad was just a little bit better about storing it, his old
1: exactly
0: VHSs. Yeah.
2: Yeah, but it, I remember that being the, the Corey Feldman and like when he was the, the the peak of his like Michael Jackson thing, like he was, he was dressed like Michael Jackson. Yeah, and like still does. Trying yep. to do the dance moves, but just, you know, there's some things you don't, you know.
0: <laughs> Adam, have you passed down any of your amazing luck to your children? Are they lucky as well? Or is it just something that might skip a generation? Yeah, it, I,
2: I can't think of any examples where my kids were... I mean, they got me as a dad. Other yeah, that, that
0: seems pretty yeah, pretty sweet I mean, deal. It's,
2: it's definitely a, a lottery winner there, um, <laughs> but other than that, yeah, there haven't been too many. And I don't know if it's because of the day and age we live in, where there are so many more of those scams. That's, you know, where where yeah. it's contests and everything, and it's like, yeah, no, we don't we don't get. Not only would you
0: be hesitant to just put your information in anywhere, if you won, you wouldn't accept the phone call. No, like, there's yeah. no. I would need like the most. I would need four emails in a row of them being like, "You won." All right, text me. Then do this. Then this. Then I know it's you. Like, it'd be so hard to just win something nowadays.
2: Yeah, I, yeah, I don't know how that would uh, how that would go down. Yeah, because it's yeah, so many. I mean, I I win something at least four times a week on my in my spam mail. I've you yeah. Know, they just need my bank account number. I just have to verify my winnings, things like that. But
0: it's, yeah, uh, you'd be hard-pressed right now to be to be a kid and win something like that you won like that's pretty i mean it's easier right now to be like a final 10 contestant on a singing show yeah like pretty much every you probably know some kid who's been on one of those shows already right mm-hmm. i mean but like back in the day that was like one in 200 million shot of that's fantastic. Oh, I even said it. See,
1: that's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> and Man. I will say one of the – maybe one of the most impressionable things for me – I think that – of course, meeting the people in the night before on Hollywood Boulevard and everything, but we got a VIP tour of Universal Studios. Oh, wow. And that was – I mean, and you know, we saw – I mean, we saw Jaws pop out of the water. We saw King Kong. We saw – all these like cool things that it was such a cool, and Universal Studios itself was the coolest place because we, we were both big movie fans. They actually one of the things that we you're, we asked for, they moved us a few days after the taping from Universal City down to Anaheim, and we stayed at Disneyland. And then we went to Disneyland for oh a day. God. We had never been at Disney World, Disneyland, right. anything. We were so excited to go to Disney. I mean, it's Disneyland. And yeah, it's the greatest yeah. place on earth. Tell them about Disneyland, Adam.
2: Yeah, it was let down. It was, <laughs> it was you know, I, I I was, you know, we watched Disney movies and everything like that. But, you know, you see movies of like Disney World and everything on, you know, yeah. uh, you know the things. And then you go to Disneyland and it's kind of like, oh, oh. Okay, I mean, Space Mountain was really cool. And I think it was on Space Mountain. Is that where we met our fans? Oh, that's right. Yeah, we were in line. Do you remember yeah. that? So, like, yeah, we're standing in line for, like, um, you know, we had VIP passes, but there was, you know, short lines for everything. I, I think it was, like, Space Mountain or something like that. And we're, like, we in line. And it was, like, just, like, one of those, like, you have to go through an S or whatever. And we're standing there in line for a couple minutes. And there's, like, two guys probably in their 20s. Yeah, they, they were, like, late teens, I think. Like, 18, yeah. maybe. Yeah. Yeah, to a nine-year-old, you think they're, you know, like, super and they're there, and they just kind of, like, turn around, and they're, like, looking at us, and all of a sudden, they turn around, they're, like, hey, were you the kids on the Kids' Choice Awards yesterday? They're, like, yeah, you were the one, you did the obstacle course, and, and you got hit with the pie, didn't you?
0: Oh, my God, and yeah.
2: Just Somewhere like, in our photo album, there's there's a picture of us with the two guys, like our our oh, two fans cool. that like recognized us.
1: What from... if they
0: were Nickelodeon plants? Like they just <laughs> did everything to make you guys feel good,
1: just feel special. Right, like yeah. you're
0: just like these kids are gonna have the best experience ever. Good people in different places. That's amazing. Now, Adam, when you were on Space Mountain, being a young astronomy kid, were you like, this is bullshit? The gravity's all wrong.
2: <laughs> now, i i didn't totally like neil degrasse tyson at that point and, and definitely <laughs>
3: it for everybody
2: yeah the You're like give me 30
0: years and i'll start <laughs> ruining for everybody
2: yeah, yeah yeah now now i'd be like yeah this isn't this isn't how it happens <laughs> and like i wasn't even you know the, the the i guess odd thing about my job or my my career choice like i had a very meandering path that got me there i was like i was always super interested in in space and stuff and like i'd watch a tv show and stuff like that but i wasn't like totally into it like some of the like some of those people that become like nasa scientists and and like astronomers like they you know you hear their stories of like yeah since the time i was seven like that's right. all i did and I that's could do. all they
0: did right single focus
2: yeah and and that definitely wasn't what kind of led me to my path i, I kind of picked that up definitely later on
0: on, on, on something like that Chip, I got to say, this has the, been the most fantastic of our. That's fantastic I, so far. I agree. It's going to be hard to beat. It's fantastic. It's going to be very hard to beat. Now, also, guys, I know I tasked you with coming prepared to the show with your favorite novelty song. Yeah. Now, a thing about who Chip, doesn't love this, a good novelty song? I do, and I realize I did. I think recently, our friend John Kensel on Twitter might have sent you or referenced a novelty song recently, Chip. He tweets a lot. So yes. you might've missed it, of course. And it just made me laugh. I can't even remember what the novelty song oh, was. It's, it's the one that he always sends. I'm,
1: I'm, sh- I'm assuming. Cause he, he tweets it all the time. Like people, like some, like a famous person will be like, what's your favorite song for yes. when you're, when you're down or like, I need an uplifting song. And it's always, and I think the guy's name is Joe Dolce and it's uh shut up of your face. Yeah, shut up. <laughs> and so he will just post shut up of your face to like anything. Or he's like, here's the song that we played at my grandma's funeral,
0: or whatever. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think most people realize like novelty songs have been around since like the dawn of popular music. Mm -hmm. Um, when you go back to like I think the 50s and when it really started peaking, you had like Monster Mass It's probably the most well known, beloved. It still has resonance today. I love that song so much. I have that on my list of my favorites. I it's there's something.
1: I, my, this is such a weird memory that I have, but when I was like nine or 10, it wasn't Halloween, it was Thanksgiving, but I think it was channel 17 in Philadelphia, channel 17, the great entertainer, they were doing a monster movie marathon on Thanksgiving. So it was going to be like Frankenstein and Dracula and all that. And the commercial was just the monster mash and it was just on over and over again. Yeah. And I was just so excited about it. Cause I got to hear the monster mash all the time.
0: It it holds up. It's such a, such a great song. The, if you want a good laugh, obviously go to YouTube. And there's a video of him performing it, Bobby Pickett. And the thing is, he does this like very pronounced facial gesture when he does like monster mash. Yeah. But he only has one like facial gesture he can do. Right. He does it over. And over and over, and by literally halfway through the song, you're feeling bad for him because that's his only shtick.
1: Yeah, that's all he's got. But that's man, all he's, he's got. there's no other. He worked it
0: though. Um, back also in the day in the 50s, you had Purple People Eater, Shelb, uh, Wooly, fun big. one, Surfing Bird by the Trashman. Oh, I believe that made famous one. by uh, the, the, the animated show Bird is the Word. Uh, <laughs> you know, Pee Pee-wee. Wee's
1: Big Adventure peewee's playhouse that
0: and the show uh, the fox show with uh family guy family, oh, guy. Thank family, you. Yeah, yeah, family yeah. guy always yeah. does it. it always yeah. does. That, that's right yeah, yeah. that's one yeah. other and, their, and, but, and, but and they, as, they, as you moved on a lot of songs i consider novelty songs but i think back then some of these songs were just like not serious but they were just tackling like a normal topic chip you had one of my most favorite t- tweets recently where you just Tweeted out, does anyone have a suggestion for a good song about a full grown man taking a bath and splashing around? <laughs> <laughs> like if you listen, like split Splash, when that came out, no one thought that was a novelty song. People were just like, Hell yeah, this guy's taking yeah. a bath, man. Yeah, yeah. it's songs Rocking about baths. Song. Yeah. But, but if that was 20 years later, you'd be like, What the hell is this creepy? Hey, what is song what about? is happening? <laughs> yeah. So like then in the late, later 70s or 80s, everybody was just cashing in on novelty songs and like i'm just going to start off one of my i'm going to just give you a bad one by someone i think we all love
2: now when it was a young man he never thought it would see people stand in line to see the boy king King how'd you get so funky
0: did you do the funky Now, do you think he was it because he was on cocaine when he did this, or everyone who bought it was on cocaine that the popularity of this song? I think it was six of one, half a of
1: dozen of the <laughs> other. Little, little by little, just everybody had had a, something to play with that.
0: Now, I was young, very young when that came out. You guys might not have been born, but it was huge. It was played on like the. St- the rock stations like WNEW, W like YSP down here. Like you'd just be like, listening like, here's Boston with you know, don't look back. Then all of a sudden, it's like Steve Martin and King Tut, yeah. And it was just this is awesome. Musically, it's horrible. Mm-hmm. It, it just some of Steve's humors in there. Granted, you know, but there was such a low bar. But people wanted it. People crave this type of of novelty nonsense adam what's what's something when you think of a novelty song that you embraced
2: yeah this was like this was really hard because like yeah like you said like anything could be a novelty song it you know at some point like it's like oh yeah when they first record everybody's like oh that's just like a song and then you do it um definitely one of my my favorites and it's kind of two-parter um frank zappa yellow snow there you go uh watch out where the huskies go don't you eat that yellow snow um, that along with
0: Nook rubs it on that album apostrophe. They're they're kind of back to back, and it I mean just it, that does it for me. <laughs> if you look at a list of novelty songs from that era, people consider a lot of Frank songs <laughs> novelty songs, where Frank was probably like, "Well, oh, yeah, I had some humor too, but I, if you listen to the music, it's really good. It's actually you know, really like, good." Oh yeah. oh yeah, I mean I'm it's amazing.
2: That whole album, I remember the first I I you know I hadn't I wasn't exposed to it till high school I remember I, I went to the to the beach with one of my friends um and it was the it was the summer that Jerry Garcia died what was that like 95 95 so yeah I was like freshman sophomore and I I just remember because we went down that beach, and it was the week that Jerry Garcia died and my my friend's uncle and his mom were like huge Grateful Dead fans and everything and so like people were in the streets playing their music and everything um and that was the summer he gave us or, or he given my friend this album apostrophe by frank zappa and i just played that i still play it over and over and over top again. to bottom that album is just is
0: is perfect yeah. top to bottom and i mean
2: all of them again yeah you could look back now and be like yeah they're novelty songs they're these
0: funny but i mean the Do musicians think, like frank at one point in his career is like you know like many artists like i could use a hit or something that can maybe generate a lot of money. Take me out of this kind of niche. Um, Let me try this. Let me try something a little, you know, funny and overt that people will be talking about. Or that was he, or Frank being Frank Zappa, probably didn't even realize or give a shit. It probably just happened that people clombed onto it.
2: Yeah, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. That was definitely, you know, that was just how his brain worked. He's one of those people, like, I admire, but then like you watch interviews with him and like, he comes,
0: you know, it's kind of a dick. Like,
2: like, 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 just like he has no patience for anybody else. It's just like, look, he's he's a very,
0: obviously very smart guy. And I think he suffered, did not suffer fools. And he always thought like a little bit smarter than you. So you can try to interview me and it's not going to go well. Wait, so did you ever, Adam, are you familiar with the
1: very, it's it's hard to come by. Every once in a while, it's on YouTube. And there's a. Do you know who I interviewed? Found
2: you found it? Uh, oh, no, I don't. I don't have it right now, but I've seen it. I've I, seen I it. know too. where you're going.
1: <laughs> Frank Zappa in the early to mid '80s was interviewed by none other than, and some audience members might appreciate this. Uh, Jeff, I, I unfortunately I don't think you will. By Trooper Ash, he was interviewed by. Trooper Ash was a Pennsylvania State Trooper who was <laughs> a celebrity in the philadelphia suburbs at least the part like montgomery county he would go around he was the bicycle safety guy that would do the assemblies at the elementary schools where it's like wear something reflective here's the signs for this and that and you know here's how you ride your bike safely don't talk to strangers that type of thing and so everybody knew trooper ash but for whatever reason he was trying to do i think like an anti-drug thing or, or or whatever but he was a big he was this like he was just like this big, sort of like older heavy set cop, but he was a big music fan. Somehow he got a hold of Frank Zappa and sat down with him and interviewed him. And it's so it's like the, the craziest, because it's Frank Zappa, one of the most brilliant minds in, yeah. in in music, with Trooper Ash, the guy who used to come to our elementary school <laughs> every year to talk about bicycle safety having a conversation, it's the he, craziest the
0: conversation, go towards bicycle safety or is it mostly I, music?
1: I believe they avoided it. I believe they avoided that. Yeah. They stayed in with, uh,
2: with music. And, and I think it, I think it was, think, if I'm trying to remember, it's, it's been a couple of years. Cause I remember it popping up on YouTube. I'm like, what, it was one of those things. Like I have to watch this right now. I don't care yep. what is going on. Like yep. the world is going to stop. I'm going to watch this 15 minute interview. Uh, I think it was against, like, drugs and things like that, because Frank Zappa was definitely, you know, everybody always was like, oh, you know, he's one of those long-haired drug and, like, he was so anti-drugs, like, that,
3: yeah, he never you know, like we, don't,
2: we don't mess, like, everybody that you've ever seen interviewed that was in one of his bands, he's like, yeah, that's what Frank Zappa was all about, you know, sex and rock and roll, you know, what was that third thing? Like, nope, it di- like, it didn't even come into the equation, like, you had to be so
0: on point to be in his band, like, Yeah. You you couldn't be altered at all. (laughs) Chip, what, uh, give me a good novelty song. Okay. So
1: I'm going to mash a couple together real quick. Speaking of mash, the monster mash, I love me a good spooky. Yeah. Novelty song. So you have the monster mash. I I put a spell on you by screaming Jay Hawkins. Oh yeah. He used to do, he would come out like in the, 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 the coffin and he had that thing with the, the skull. Amazing. Um, Here's something that my wife and I don't agree on. It's one of the things that we agree on. I love it. And it's, this is one of those ones, like, is it a novelty song? I saw it on the list, but I think it's more of a mainstream
0: thing. Uh, Werewolves of London, Warren Zvon, Just definitely, like, definitely a novelty song. Maybe one of the best musically, probably the best novelty song. Like music, yes. um, the lyrics, obviously it's about meeting a werewolf Hilarious. in London, yeah. Yeah. but delivery everything about it it's a legit song that yeah. might be the best novelty song yeah yeah that, that's definitely like the
2: storyline is perfect yeah. it, it, it keeps you interested you can follow the story it's yeah that that's definitely I, I one not there that.
1: and for whatever reason my wife who i usually agree with on everything cannot stomach that song yeah just hates it uh we actually i really got into that album actually the same year uh that you got into apostrophe, it was 95 was my freshman year of college we got my the guys on my floor in my dorm really got into warren zevon of that what's what's that i'm called a uh, uh, excitable boy yeah. and we just thought it was like we ran warren zevon for student body president that year we just put up a bunch of signs and like remember how like in the quads they would always be like bed sheets where you would spray paint You know, like come to this party, that party we had. We ran and nobody knew who was doing it, but we just kept running Warren's. And we made like really derogatory, slanderous claims about the other candidates who we had no idea who they were because they were like juniors and seniors. But we just kept running Warren's Yvonne for student body president. right,
0: So keep that in mind. Do you think it's better than this?
3: Just. Flapping my arms up again to cluck.
1: is is horrific
3: in the history
0: of creativity if you're ever feeling at a low creative point in your life just remember you could never put forth a least amount of effort in a creative endeavor than radio dj rick d's with this song now music no lyrics whatsoever if you watch rick d's during this whole performance barely sings again cocaine maybe he's doing the cocaine maybe people who bought this record in massive mass this 45 was literally flying off the shelves yes uh
1: that's a great one by the way uh i i have another one in in this is the last one in the realm of spooky ones i, yep. I love it yeah give it to us i and i if i can share my screen i think i can yep, you can uh this is one of my favorite things ever i bet you jeff you know um, more about this than i do bring it Spe- on speaking of spooky songs. Uh, I, I'm assuming it's a it's a novelty song. It's a novelty act, I will say. Do, do you have any idea what I'm talking about, Jeff? Let's see. Scary? Yes. Novelty act. Fishheads? No, but that's on my list. That's one of my favorite oh. things. And, okay, by the way, let's talk Fishheads real quick. Yeah, Adam, okay. you know Fishheads, right? Barnes and Barnes. <laughs> Barnes which and was, Barnes? you know, Bill Paxton was in that. Actor oh Bill Paxton gosh. was, he was part of that. He was in the video, and he might have even been in part of that, quote, unquote, group or whatever.
3: laughing happy fish heads in the evening floating in the soup
1: just because it's that thing of like is it supposed to be fun or scary and you just it's that thing that just sticks in your brain that but i just
0: loved i think that and mtv back then it was just like this is avant-garde music along the lines of you know like there was a lot of this out there back then it was video experimentation it was music experimentation art of noise type things and mtv was like hell yeah we need to fill hours minutes with videos Mm -hmm. we don't have enough videos you have a video we're playing fish heads that's yeah? a,
2: a, another one then like on my list my uh, my list of like five um that i that i put on there definitely came from the mtv era with uh i don't know if you call it groundbreaking videos um three little pigs green, g- jelly. green jelly yeah little oh pig little pig little pig little pigs oh yeah, yeah yeah
0: yeah Little pig, little pig, let me in. Oh
2: yeah. But-
1: by the hair of my trailer oh, trip. Chin, chin. chin.
2: Chip, uh, what piece Adam, of
1: the this other- was uh, th- th- that. Did you know that was the base? Speaking of drummers, one of our drummer friends. That was the beginning of me and Kevin McDonough's uh, friendship. Was we were on the bus to Wildwood during a music trip, and I saw he had that album. I was like, "Is that Green Jelly?" Can I listen to it? He's like, "Yeah, man." And that's how we became friends. We bonded over Green Jelly's "Little
2: Pig, Three Little Pigs" song. I almost there was I I posted something on Facebook a week or two maybe it was even more than that ago about green jelly and and that came up and I was about to tag the both of you because I could like distinctly remember you telling that story like that's how we met and I was gonna tag both of you but I you know I I haven't talked to Kevin in in years you know every every once in a while on Facebook we'll 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 bounce back and forth but then I I didn't tag you both because I was like I don't know if i'm completely making that story up and i'm gonna look like an idiot or
0: nope, if that, that was the actual true. story <laughs> 1993 chip what was the scary i said fish heads but what was the answer to the
1: here we go i'm gonna share my screen oh, I'm, I, I'm, I'm assuming you know who this is jeff it's one of my favorite things uh let me share my screen <laughs> Are you familiar with this, Jeff?
0: Oh, this is outstanding now.
1: So this is the mummies. They're, I think, from the Bay Area. Yeah. And this was like 1990, I think, maybe. Just like on a public access station. Oh, yeah, here's this
0: yeah, counterculture yeah, Now, Chip, we're going to come back to a couple more of these. I know, Adam, you have a few more. But I know, Chip, we love to do research, both you and I. Yep. And I said, these are popular ones, ones people like. Did you do a list of uh, some novelty songs that might not have been as well known?
1: I did. Yeah, I did. I really dug deep and I found some that, you know, we all know some of it. By the way, you know, we'll, we'll get back into maybe the world of Weird Al, which I'm sure we all yes. love Weird Al and some very On famous ones. Yeah. I mean, just you can't. Uh, I found some. Some ones that maybe just were under the you know off our radar, off the public radar. They were apparently hits back in the day, but uh, just just didn't have the recognition. So let me just go through a couple of them, if you if you don't mind. Love to hear them. Um, uh, from night, I have the years here and the the song and the the artist. Uh, 1964, there was a big hit called "Who's Going to Clean This Convertible" by Lee Harvey and the Osweards, <laughs> which was controversial. But it had a great rhythm to it. It was kind of fast paced and, and catchy. Um, there was a 1986. So put yourself back in 1986. I'm jumping around with the years here. But 1986, there was uh, the, the really uh, funny knock it off or I'll turn this shuttle around by, by the band, The Other Seven Astronauts. That one didn't, you know, it didn't get a lot of radio play. No. Um nineteen eighty-two. We're gonna st- stay in the eighties for this one. Uh if you guys remember, I don't know if you remember uh Ginny Reese's Dease uh put out E.T.'s other glowing finger. <laughs> that was uh that one was usually played after ten PM in most, yeah, that seems <laughs> most stations. Yep. Um there was nineteen sixty eight uh Billy Baton Boggs uh hit, uh Bludgeon That Hippie's Skull.
0: <laughs> kind of a <laughs> anti anti sort of feel. Yeah, it it got a
1: lot of play down south. Yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Uh there was um 1987, Ali and the Northerns had the Iran Contra Conga. So that one was it was a lot of policy talk. It (laughs) did it it, it really didn't. It really it really got in the weeds with that one.
0: It was laden with policy
1: lyric-wise or something? It really was. It really was. Uh but then going back to the 40s, I mean like you said, since the dawn of popular music uh, 1945, Sergeant Donnie Walker's, uh, hit Kraut blood on my trousers. <laughs> oh, so that one was, you know, that pe- people rallied around that one. Um, uh, and this, this one was kind of up around the same time. Disco duck was up. If you remember this, um, uh, it was 1978. Uh, the disco hit called literally everyone in America is doing cocaine all the time with no exceptions,
3: uh,
1: and, and that was that was performed by uh, the, the group McGurk and Bloom uh, featuring the Vienna Boys Choir. Yeah. <laughs> wow. wow. Yeah. Um, There was uh, 1987. If you go back to the 80s again, 1987. Yeah. Uh, this was like the kids one, the cute one. Uh, Little Jimmy Supley, oh. uh had the 1987 hit. Uh, I saw mommy kissing Shadow Stevens.
0: Whoa.
1: <laughs> so I thought that was a. That one well, it doesn't get the play that it should. Wow. Uh, 2001, we, we get into this millennium. Uh, uh, 2001, uh, the duo Robert and Robert, uh, yep. they put out the song, Give Me a Cheeseburger, Hold the Anthrax. Whoa. Very That's, topical. One was very topical. Very the topical. Time. <laughs> uh, just a couple more. Yep. Um, wow. This is going back to the 90s, mm-hmm. 1996. Uh, Jumbo and Pete had, had, had the song, the uh, hit... Uh, it was like a surf, it was like a surf rock throwback, but of the d- of the era of 1996. Jumbo Pete had the uh, song "Surfing the Web, Looking for Boobs," because <laughs> <laughs> that's
0: what you could do back. I remember then. that chip. If I remember correctly, the the start was like the all connecting via your phone. Yes, it was. A <laughs> <project>. <laughs> yeah,
3: that,
0: that was that it, was the it beginning. Brings me back when I listen to it now. Yeah, and then just every once in a
2: while, in the middle of the song, you say, "See, here's somebody go." hello is is somebody there just to make sure there was nobody else in the house while you're in the room hello (laughs)
1: mom um 1987 if you remember uh some big news stories from 1987 they phyllis and ted really capitalized on this they had that uh that that country hit well full of babies it was about a well that just babies kept falling into and like piled up so high yeah oh gotcha um, now, uh, and, and again, the last two that I have here are both from the 80s. Uh, 1982's big hit, uh, I'm Playing With Myself, by uh, Johnny Rubik and His Cubes. <laughs> it was all about the Rubik's Cube.
0: Yeah, but it probably garnered a lot of interest when people heard the title. Right, right. right. Yeah. And then finally, mm-hmm.
1: 1985, uh, the hit song Kiss My Ass America. Who, Chip, who is that by? Uh, Walter Mondale. <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow so he, yeah. i remember a couple of those chip but thank you for digging up again they were the least popular novelty songs right uh wow it's fantastic yeah adam do you have a couple more i know you said you had a list there a couple more well chip just 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 remind a me of, years. Of,
2: of two that popped into my head from, yes. from our, our youth when either i'm playing with myself the the ever popular my dingling that was-
1: <laughs> yeah Chuck Berry.
2: That was from uh, Eagle 106. You remember they used to play that and uh, Shaving Cream from the 40s.
1: By Benny Bell. I had that on my list too. Shaving
0: Cream. That was a naughty song for a little kid to sing. A naughty, naughty song, but hilarious. Yeah, good one, right? That just
2: popped into my
0: Did Chuck Berry ever have a song that wasn't just full-on innuendo? (laughs) Pretty much everything was just about... He was just like, let me just see how much sex I could put into a song using dumb words. Yeah, <laughs> White people will eat it up. They will love it. And by the way, going back to shaving cream, which we just thought was the greatest
1: thing on Eagle 106. I was a friend of ours has a nine year old who I was doing some comedy stuff with. We, we would over Zoom. I would like teach him some comedy stuff. He wanted to tell some jokes and all. And I would show him some comedy things. And I, sh- I came across the shaving cream song and I played it for a current day nine year old. Do you know what his reaction was?
0: It better have been, this is fantastic. I mean, just tears.
1: (laughs) Tears. He was, I just, I mean, how well that holds up and how silly that is for kids, especially. Just tears from this kid, how funny shaving cream was.
0: All right. I got a, was it as good as, this was maybe one of the things I laughed the hardest at. And I listened to this today with me now is the local sheriff sheriff brody the shark will be back for lunch
2: what do you intend to do
3: Do
2: just arriving is oceanographer matt hooper sir if
1: someone is attacked by a shark what should they do
0: Do (laughs) that to me i laughed so hard when just the editing, everything about it. Mist, what should we do? Do the hustle. And it just went right to the next. I remember laughing at that when I was a kid over and over. And I was in the, my bedroom saying, I just played it for the first time. And again, I laughed out loud. I'm like, Dickie Goodman, you did it again, you bastard. Oh, man. And I remember a crazy- being a kid. My mom helped me make one
1: of those. yeah, Like where you, where you would do the interview thing and then you would turn it, turn it into
0: a song. And I just thought it was the greatest thing in the world. It was it was considered when he put these out early sampling because he was taking samples of music and just the way he did it in a very crude fashion. But it was thought out crudeness where he was like, I'm just going to rapid fire, get all the hits of the songs you know the past few years, put them into this and it will become a hit because people love to hear this. And it was such a kind of lo-fi, but. You know, way to do it, but it just worked, and it killed me as a kid.
2: Yeah, I, I always love that, like putting the music and the movies together, and and, and coming up with. Do you remember late '90s, early 2000s? The group, um, The Avalanche. Oh, god yeah, um, Frontier yeah. Psychiatrist. Frontier Psychiatrist. Yep. And it was all like old movie clips that were, you know, obviously sampled together, you know, a little bit more smoothly, but definitely built on that foundation of of those types of. Of songs.
1: So, um, so good. I listen to that album all the time. Um, uh, one that I have sort of a visceral memory of that. I just, I, it's, it's not a bad song. I I enjoy it in hindsight, but mm-hmm. at the time I just couldn't handle it. I was like, I was like 11. I was in like going into middle school and I was like an anxious kid. I, I definitely had like anxiety, and like it was the 80s like people didn't know what that was they're just like yeah hey, he's just he's being a baby he's just got to grow up you know and it's like but you don't you don't really know what it was so i, I can't blame people uh, although i did get a little help from it but like uh uh i was so nervous to go to school cuz i was like i'm going to get beat up i'm going to get lost in middle school you know whatever whatever it is you know that that thing and i was such an anxious kid and like i legitimately had anxieties yeah. and uh that could have been diagnosed or whatever uh, but that was the same time that Bobby McFerrin's Don't Worry, Be Happy was a hit. And like, I remember it would just come on the radio and people were like, hey, Chip, just listen to this. This doesn't, just don't worry. Just just be happy. I'm like, hey, I, this doesn't help at all. This is not helping me. This, this acapella hit is not, I'm still in the seventh level of hell right now. And you're just like, oh, here, look at this video with Bobby McFerrin and yeah, Robin whistling. Williams jumping around.
0: Yeah, having fun. Why, why aren't do. you? Why aren't you just just be happy, Chip, No, just be happy like Robin Williams. Yeah, yeah, just like Robin.
3: Just like not like 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 a in
0: the world. Robin Williams right now. Just look at the life he's living. Yeah, he's literally one of the saddest, saddest, oh, saddest people. Heartbreaking. The more you read about that, you're just, yeah. God bless him for being able to just pull it together for so many years. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So I just want to end with novelty songs. I know you two must be huge fans. And I honestly, I think I mentioned this before. I've never was not a fan or a fan and I didn't really understand or get it until like years later, a weird Al song came on. And this was like in the nineties, late nineties. I was like my first real job and, a Weird Al song came out. I'm like, people still listen to this. And my boss and her husband both go, Oh my God, our kids love this stuff. Like Ethan is making us take a, a, to go see a Weird Al concert. And I'm like, still really They're like Jeff, he's huge. Kids love Weird Al. And that was when I realized like, Oh, and now I get it. Like every era of new Mm -hmm. kids can always discover Weird Al and it will never stop. I remember I
1: specifically remember the first time because I was such a again I was again let's say first grade I was like six when Michael Jackson thriller the height of fat and I was right in the midst of that and loved Michael Jackson but the first time I saw the Weird Al video for Eat It just it it changed my DNA I was like Wait, you can do this? Wait, is he allowed to do this? Is that, <laughs> okay. is he making fun of it? Is it real? But I was like, this is, but it was hilarious. Certainly and I was ball. like, this is the greatest thing I've ever, like it just opened my eyes to an entirely new universe.
2: Adam, you too? He, 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 was, he was on my list um, too. And I, I specifically picked this song because Chip, one of your friends put out a, a tweet or something on Facebook the other week um, it might have been like an Onion article about, you know, a, a, a pretentious 13-year-old who, who claims he'll only listen to Weird Al's original works. You know, he, <laughs> don't, he, don't, he doesn't like his covers. He, he only prefers his original works. <laughs> yeah. um, you know, that's how much he's into it, you know. Yeah. Uh, but Weird Al Yankovic is, and this goes back to the Laser Light shows. So now that I do my own Laser Light shows, there's, there's a Halloween-themed one and my favorite song that comes on. Oh, there's two on my list from there. Um, one is a Weird Al song, and it's Attack of the Radioactive Hamsters from a Planet Near Mars. Um, nice. Just a great, like, rocking song, but great novelty song by, you know, undeniably the the master of the novelty song.
1: Adam, did you go with me to see him? Have yeah. you seen Weird Al? We We went together. Jeff, yeah, have yeah, you yeah. ever seen him perform? Yeah. I, I, I'm not lying, and I'm not— i've heard this from a number of people throughout the years and then when we saw him maybe what eight years ago or so for the first time i will vouch one of the greatest concert experiences you will ever see is going to see weird out he does, it's because it's every song is a costume change yeah. he does videos in between the production value everybody there is just nerdy and happy yeah it's it, I, I i can't stress enough go see Weird Al live.
2: It's the, it's one of the greatest things ever. It, his band, I mean, his band members to be able to switch genres like that and pull off, you know, things that sound exactly like the things that they're, you know, replicating or making fun of is, is no easy task. So his, his backline, his band is on point And he is an amazing musician, you know, on top of being funny, I always say like, He's what happens. Like if Prince would have had like a stable childhood, like <laughs> it would have it would have more come out like Weird Al than, than than you know the the master that is Prince. But like, yeah, I mean, on that level of like musicianship, like wow, he's you know.
0: <laughs> I think we've done a a good service for novelty songs. You know, we've I think we have contrasted the good with the bad. I think we got people maybe to appreciate some novelty songs they haven't uh, haven't discovered yet. Um,
1: Oh, and one last one before, yeah. and you you had something you wanted to close with, with this segment, right, Jeff? Uh, no, not so. Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. One last one I wanted to yeah, say, yeah, and totally. uh, and it, to this day, and again, this goes back to, I think it was the 50s, I believe, <laughs> still funny, still funny, Uh, that my, we had an, aunt, our great aunt, our aunt Midge, used to play this album, like the record, when we were like, go to, uh, for like Thanksgiving and stuff like that. And she played it one time for us when we were little kids. And I still remember just being on the floor giggling. And to this day, I listen, Spike Jones, the song Beetle Bomb about the horse race is because it's it's funny and stupid. But it's also like he's aware that it's funny and stupid and he kind of makes fun of himself in it. It's one of the funniest things I've ever to this day I've, I've ever heard. Well, thank you
0: so much, Chantry Brothers. I, I This has been a lot of fun. We went about a good hour and a half and it flew yeah, by, right? Yeah, it did. It did. And sometimes, yeah. Adam, I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes we guess on Chip and I are both looking at our watch. Yeah, <laughs> thumbs down. We're, just, we're looking at each other trying to do this. 15 and, minutes and in and, and, and out. rattling on and we're just like, good Lord. We got to edit out a good half hour of this. But this is all, this is 100% gold right here.
2: Yeah, no, thank you. Thank you for having me on. Like, yeah, I, I really appreciate being able to, you know, share my story with you, share you know, the planetarium things and all that. If you ever want to talk more about, you know, We're the science you, stuff I, I and all that. I
0: have a whole idea for another show I'm going to have you back on. And I think this will be, it'll involve a little more production value, but I want you to sit down with Chip and I. Chip and I are going to bring up some of our favorite space movies and then you can tell us whether the science behind them is legit or not. I like it. I love right. that. I can, I, I can, I can help out with that. That would be great because yep. I, I think a lot of, a lot of it needs needs some serious space mind behind it to let us know whether we can continue enjoying these movies.
2: Yeah, it does. Now I, I'll tell you just just throw out there it's because it's I've, I've been binging it. It's one of my binges, you know, over the holidays and everything. I've been going back over it. If you if you want a ben, series Benson, or a movie, it's, it's the, the show Benson. Yes, Benson. That is that is has its science kind of the most accurate. You know, obviously there's always going to be some storytelling things. Um, the Expanse.
0: 100% correct because the beautiful thing about The Expanse, all the books, the show, I'm a big fan of space operas. Right away, they let you know that a lot of these space operas don't know if you're doing like the time travel or you're out in the belt, gravity is different for people. So you can't have someone living out in an asteroid belt, then just travel to earth and be able to walk on earth. Yeah, In the books, they give you chapters of how these beings are able to do it. And it's it's not overly like geeky that will bother you. It's like, oh, that is so cool. Yeah. Reading the books, watching the show, my wife and I are addicted. It's just like, oh my God, it's so cool. I keep saying that over and over. And I think we're one episode behind right now, but this they're going out with a bang.
3: It's great.
2: Yeah, I, I haven't I haven't watched the the new season. I actually went back because like I watched it when it when it first came out, yeah. when the last season came out and like I binged it. And I went back and um, I've read a couple of books. I haven't gotten through all of the books yet, but I was like, I, I got to go back and watch it from the beginning again. It's yeah. just like, I want to watch it all at one time. Yes. You know, so I, you know, I'm back through like season three again.
0: <laughs> if the production value alone for a TV chip, this show, it's like the production value is amazing. It's just a TV show. And I know, you know with Amazon and um, Amazon Prime, netflix it's higher a lot more money backing these shows right the show started out on like the sci-fi network picked up by amazon it's just amazing like it's did did you hear that that
2: story it was it was canceled yeah and jeff bezos loved the show so much he's like no he's like i'm i'm buying it i'm making that show like (laughs) it was his
0: yeah it's it's my highest tv recommendation right now so, Chip, you're a nerd for not watching it. I know. I feel bad now. You can settle down. Nice bottle of uh, – what's the winner? Bottle of red. You yeah. just watch hours right. and hours of The Expanse. All right. We got to check that out. Chip, do you have any recommendations, anything you want to plug coming up?
1: You know, we just binged again. We watched it in the fall for the first time, and then we we actually just rewatched it, and it was so much – we found so many new funny things. Uh, AP Bio yeah. on Peacock is – is just really funny. We enjoyed that. And we just watched this weekend. We just watched the, uh, night stalker documentary on, on Netflix, which I know you're not, you're, you're not a big fan of the, uh, the gory stuff, uh, which was really good. And we're currently watching another one called the Ripper, which is a, uh, a crime documentary from England in the seventies. And it's, it's great. So the we're thing about
0: concerned. yeah england in the 70s it's normally a joyous fun place i can't believe they would turn it into something you would impressive.
1: think yeah you would think it's it's all willy wonka no it's it is just a hard 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 place but that i love it i, I just uh, yeah it's and, but it's a it's a very well done documentary
0: yeah and hopefully adam once we're able to get back out and people are able to gather i highly recommend your shows at your planetarium i took the girls to the last one you did still talk about it still had a ball so hopefully that will be back in the near future
2: and and I'm doing um just to kind of you know plug things I, I'm, I'm starting to do more of those online I, I put out a monthly video series called evening sky excursions where I kind of go over what you can see in the sky that month and and what's happening uh, this month I'll be I'm just finishing up writing a script for it Um, but i'll be talking about that mars landing in a little bit more detail and you know what constellations you can see in the sky and then i'm trying to bring back i I actually have software now where i can kind of do planetarium shows um live as a live stream on facebook so i'm gonna be putting those out on my uh facebook facebook page and
0: things like that so fantastic well guys thank you very much this is the part where we play the outro